technology i'm in your room technology technology mike man welcome 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 dude thank you for coming to hang out how you doing bro i'm doing great thank you so much for having me it's been uh it's been a hot minute we've been trying to organize some time to sit down and converse and hang dude yeah i mean like i don't blame you like i, I want i'm gonna get all into it but like i mean like you have it's been a busy year for you guys <laughs> Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> just, just a little bit here and there, right? Just, just, just slightly. You know, not one Some of the stuff has happened. Some things are going on. It's weird. Some things. Really weird. Just small town local shows. You guys have been playing, right? Just, just you know, trying to get a few, few hundred monthly listeners. That's it. You know, just, just going with the, just, just the, the small time. You know, OG grind, right? <laughs> hey man, we might get there someday. <laughs> I love it. Well, dude, yes, welcome. And again, Chad, this is in case you don't know, my buddy Mike from Spirit Box, an absolute gem, the Bendy Boy, or what is it, Bendy Boy or Bouncy Boy? I forgot what I said in that one video, which for some reason is the only thing that caught I think, I think you dubbed me Bendy and Bouncy Boy. Okay. You, were, you, were, you have a lot of buoncies to you. Yes, the, 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 the perfect mixture of bounciness and Bendy is my dude Mike here of Spirit Box. If you guys haven't heard of Spirit Box, I don't know how, because I literally don't shut the fuck up about modern metal and all that stuff. And you guys are, of course, kind of leading that that chain right now. So, um, dude, Mike, yeah, thank you again for taking time. How has kind of the album been sitting now that, you know, I'm going to go back a little after, but how has it been sitting now that it's finally been out for, what is it, two months, right? God, time goes by so fast. Yeah, man. Oh my God, it is. It's getting close to two months now, and uh, actually, yeah, no, you're right. It, it's right there, and it, it's. It feels weird. It feels crazy. You know, like we spent so much time on it, and we held on to it for so long. And I, you know, the moment that it was released, like the moment that I went on Sp Spotify, I was like, I don't have to worry anymore. Like it's <laughs> no longer my problem. It's everyone else's problem. I don't have to stress anymore. You know, and. Um, it's just been so sick to see people, you know, listening to it and like even just getting s simple stuff like getting tagged in people's stories where they're like driving, listening to it or, right. you know, they're, like, they're eating dinner and it's in the background or whatever, you know, it's just so amazing to just, you know, see it be a part of people's lives, you know, because for so long it was just files on my phone. Right. Now, Is that how, do you do voice memos when you think of a cool riff? Like, how do you go about when it comes to, like, yeah, it's a voice memo. Do that. You know, never ending. Dude, yeah. See, that's why you're a bendy boy. You can even bend with your mouth. That's the whole point, man. You got to be able to start with your mouth before you can with your hand. You know, that's just the way it goes. If anyone found my phone and went through my voice memos, they literally would think I was a serial killer because straight up, it's just like random mutterings of just niche metal bending on low strings that's basically <laughs> dude that's perfect i mean well that's the thing like that's just you know it's people gotta do what they gotta do to get the idea right it's it's you, you mm -hmm. never know when you get inspiration like what's the weirdest place you've probably gotten inspiration from where you're just like oh, oh fuck, i gotta stop this act that i'm doing and i have to go somehow record this idea <laughs> It's always mid-conversation, which, I mean, that doesn't say much about, like, you know, my attention span while talking to people. But right. I'm always in the middle of, like, rather something that I have to talk about or something serious. And then all of a sudden in my head, it's just like, like, one moment, 
Just one moment. And Dude, then yeah. Half, yeah. I'm halfway through this stream, I'm sure you're going to be like, yo, Nick, I'm sorry, bro. I got I, I, I got the polymeter going right here. I got to just fucking go for spear box two. We got to get that going right now. I'll be like, Dude, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. okay. Spear box two. This time it's not personal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I, yeah, I, I didn't want to mention spear box two because I know, you know, that, that first album. And I, I want to go back even and talk about leading up to it and all that must have been like the craziest like what the fuck is you know stress so i i, yeah. I, I mean i guess i'll ask are you it, it, has the thought of spirit box 2 come out yet or is it or are you just kind of like let letting like breathing for a little bit before <laughs> man you know like i have never been more excited to start writing and we have we started writing um, it won't, I, you know, that the thought of doing another album, like my hair, there's, there's many parts of my head that have gone gray in the last little bit. Let's just say that. So I'm going to hold out a little bit to put like a large collection of stuff together. But right. as far as like how we feel moving forward from eternal blue and stuff, like, you know, it's like, I just said, like we, we held on it for so long, uh, held on to it for so long. And I'm, I'm glad mm -hmm. that we did because it enabled us to create some extra songs and, mm -hmm. but not being able to go and record it and not being able to have you know just any sort of hope of getting it done in a in a short period of time to then move on mm. by the time that it came out i was i was ready you know like right. i was like okay now even though even though people are just now discovering these songs um i've heard them two thousand three thousand times i'm <laughs> totally sick of them and we haven't even begun playing them live um <laughs> But um, but yeah, it's it's been going good, and we're we're moving forward with it. And I, I got I got a few songs ready to go, and we're gonna keep going and just seeing what happens. But yeah, it's I don't know everybody that I've told, even like people on our team and stuff, they're like surprised. They're like, really, right, like right. that that soon? And I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm ready to go. Like, let's let's keep going with it. You know, like damn, dude, yeah. I yeah. love I love that man, that you're already excited because like again, even going through all the stuff, which like I said, we're gonna get into, it's just like. Fuck, man, like, you guys also are on that single grind, which I have mad respect for, because that's the, that's the, I mean, that's the game, right? It's a single lasts how long after the singles? Like, for, in terms of hype, maybe a week or two, right, if, it, mm -hmm. if it's a solid one. An album, yeah. I mean, definitely can last lifetime, but in terms of, like, the hype hype of it before all the other albums that kind of proceed, like, that come after with different bands during the same month, it's I don't know. I, I a month, a month to two months, kind of where that's like the hype, 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 and then it's obviously still hype and good. But yeah, and, and that's that's the game. It's just you just with the singles, it, it makes it more special because it's it's not just like bleh, here's our album, <laughs> you know, like like yeah, here's yeah. two years of our of of our life of work that people will really be hyped about for like a month, right? Yeah. Whereas yeah. the singles route, it's like, it almost feels like every time, especially while you guys were releasing the singles, it felt like an album day drop. You know what I mean? Like, it felt pretty special. How was that for you on your side? It was weird because when we first started doing it, you know, this band has always wanted to mimic what's like popular and happening within like hip hop and rap and stuff like that. And Good. the whole single thing, in mainstream world and that type of music and stuff is so popular and it's just how it's done. And, you know, like there were other bands doing it, but we were like, man, if we could do a thing where we just put out a song consistently with a really great visual and a really great music video and have the production behind it and just mm -hmm. try to build the demand, you know, and, and it was such a crazy thing to line up where we had done that so much that it just became like our thing you know and and then when we started putting out more songs it was like 
I don't know. It's just the demand started building, the online, you know, community and the reaction community started building. And that's how the momentum really started for this project was, you know, thanks to guys like yourself, you know, that took it upon themselves to, to, you know, help us out and everything. And, um, yeah, like when we got to album mode, that's when I was like, this is going to be tough. This is going to be so tough because everyone's used to having this like small moment of like, oh, this is where they're at. And now we have to take all of these small moments and make them cohesive and make them a large body of work. And man, like I said, like, yeah, I definitely, I, I lost some years off my life during this process, but I would hope that, you know, the end result of Eternal Blue and all this is that people would like to start the album from the beginning and, and they would like to finish it. You know what I mean? And obviously that's, that's a, that's a large ass because everyone's attention spans are kind of shot now and that's just the way it is. But, um, that was the goal is to, to be able to have people, you know, have at least some songs that they really connect with. And, uh, you know, if they don't play from start to finish, at least they're only skipping a couple of them. You know what I mean? And yeah, I, I hope that we accomplish that. Oh, it's, it's a banger, man. Um, but I think that's a much healthier mentality in general is just that you, that you're, you understand the importance of the singles, but also the importance of eventually maybe, you know, getting the album and all of that. Whereas yeah. it must have, even though obviously when the album was like, hey, uh, we're on Rise, we have a record coming, it's an album, it's, you know, like it must have been so much pressure. But it must have also been somewhat alleviated with the fact that you guys have been establishing your sounds with the mm. singles kind of right it wasn't like oh fuck this is the like almost first time people are going to get a glimpse of this it has to, you know first impressions it has to hit yeah. it's like okay we've we've shown what we're kind of made of enough <laughs> where it's definitely a risk but it's not like holy shit it's either it flops or it does well kind of deal you know what i mean yeah, we, we've dabbled, you know what I mean? Like, we've, mm. we've thrown things out where maybe, you know, you go from a holy roller to a constance, and before you do the constance, you have a moment of, like, oh, man, I wonder if people are just going to, like, hate this right. to no end because they don't like the change. And, you know, the band itself, from the beginning to now, it's it's always been, like, let's not put a label on it. Let's not yeah. worry about the genre. Let's just, whatever music we create, let's just write it solely just because we enjoy it and that we enjoy the song you know and not worry about does this fit a metal chord does this fit you know is this too poppy or whatever you know what i mean and and yeah it's uh it's it's nice to know that for the most part with the record you can have a song like um you know strange world and then you can have silk on the strings and yeah it is a pretty crazy difference but the average person going into that's going to go oh that's cool you know what i mean as opposed to like I hate, I don't like that. You know, it's like, it's too much of a change, right? And it's, it's what you I, love, I love your impression of Metal Elitist. That's, that's my favorite thing. <laughs> <laughs> like... uh, well, you know, I, I get it. You know, I understand. But at the same time, too, it's like, you know, I feel like we, we just do it because we love it. And it's not because we're trying to, you know, get into a, a Tim Hortons commercial or something. It's just, it's something <laughs> the it's Canadian something that jokes you Americans won't understand. <laughs> yes, yeah, very niche, very, very niche. Very niche to Canadian. But I think, I mean, that's, I love seeing that as being almost, again, name in the game. Not You guys are far from following mainstream or like the, you know, typical thing. But in terms of the somewhat name in the game now is like that first album, it's like, I, I love seeing bands having a ballad and then like a deathcore song. You know what sure. I mean? Because it, it's just like, it makes it so, you know, your fans, 
when you when it comes album two or moving on, they're not going to be like, what the fuck is this new element mm. now when you have a softer song, right? Or a heavier song. It's like, you're already establishing with that first album, we are a metal band and we got the feels are reals, the sing sings, and we got the rah rahs, bro. You know yeah, what I yeah. mean? The singy sings and the bendy bends, you know what I mean? Like it's it's, it's something that we're we're never gonna stray from. And obviously, I can't tell the future. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if music's gonna turn into AI robots just doing you know uh, predicting synth lines, and then we put that into the. You know, I have no idea. It but will. at the end of the, day, yeah, <laughs> we, we know that's where it's going. But I think um, I think for us, we're always just gonna be diverse in that sense, and we're just gonna have. We're just going to make whatever we really enjoy at the time, um, genuinely, really. And, and that must just feel a lot more, again, freeing, which I feel like I keep emphasizing because I feel like that's such a struggle for so many bands nowadays, especially some that you know maybe have done an amazing job you know, being a deathcore band or being a metalcore yeah. band or a post-hardcore band. But then it must feel restraining you know, when that deathcore band is like, Let's add clean singing. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. ah, like what is this? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That then the fan base that's used to just, you know, nonstop and and smashing good bangers. I'm sure, as soon as yeah. they hear that new element, they they're like, sell out. You know, it, it's there's the fun best word in the industry, right? Sellouts, yeah. right? Dun dun dun, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How dare they want to experiment <laughs> with their singing voice? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, and and that's that's I, I I always feel so sad when I see that happen. Not to say that every band though that does transition does it well, because that's definitely also not the case, right? Some bands experiment and have built yeah. a sound, and then it's like. Oh, um, people don't like this, and maybe it, is it because they're just being dicks, or is it because we actually fucking didn't do it that well, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, you know, like I, there's a lot of times you got to be real, like you know this 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 project, especially like the first couple years of it, man, like no one gave a shit, like no one cared, and that's fine because we weren't doing it to have people give a shit. We were just literally just compelled to to make the music and and now all this has happened and you know we're not even where we want to be but all of this is such a huge bonus that we now get to do it and get to do festivals and play shows and stuff and that's amazing you know and we don't take it for granted but that being said like you know i think that there's a difference between sitting there and being like hey you know this last stuff we didn't get many streams we didn't sell much you know maybe we need to rethink this or whatever i think already you're kind of you're kind of setting yourself up for for failure and for disappointment as as with if you're like hey i know that we do this really well i kind of want to expand on this a little bit and let's just focus on making it as good as possible and catchy as as hell Hmm. and uh we'll throw it out there see what happens you know and i think when it's done genuinely like that um that's when it that's when it shows and i think people can can take that and they can uh they can they can identify with it. You know what I mean. I heard you say one time, and I don't. I, don't, I fucking forgot when. Um, and I, I love this. This is one of the favorite. My favorite things any musician has ever said, and you said it, Mikey boy. All right, was oh no pressure, no pressure. <laughs> was yeah. you under promise and over deliver? Yeah, dude. Right. Every time. Every time. <laughs> I love that fucking mentality because yeah. you know. You're not, no one, it's, it's hard to disappoint someone when they're expecting like, 
I don't know, maybe like a, a decent piece of meat, and then you give them like this nice filet mignon steak, perfectly grilled. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. It, and then even for yourself, it's not like this. I feel a lot of musicians have this anticipation of like, oh fuck, oh fuck, this has to be, you know, this has to be huge. It is, this is, you know, it has to be the yeah. best breakdown we've ever done, kind of deal, right? Yeah. And. Yeah. As soon as you get in that mentality where it has to be this or it has to do that and it has to be the greatest and whatever the yeah. fuck. And then you're telling people, guys, we just wrote the heaviest record yet. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. And, then, and then you deliver like uh, I, uh, butt rock core or whatever. And then yeah. your fans are like, what the fuck? Right? It's... I, I'm a firm believer in, in letting actions speak for themselves. Yeah. I feel like the more you have to tell people and convince them openly and not allow them to make their own decision. Because trust me, I'm full aware that not everyone's a Spirit Box fan, and that's fine. They should be. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, um, but but I'm fully aware of that and I'm cool with it, you know what I mean? Because people are allowed to make their own decisions and I feel like as an artist, if you're creating something and you're like selling them and just being like, this is it, man, you have to check this out. They're going in with this expectation of like, almost like kind of feeling like they're backed up against the wall a little bit and they're like okay fine i'll check it out i mean i guess i don't know you know as with if you just kind of if you just let things be what they are and let the person interpret it because at the end of the day music is interpret it's just an interpretation yeah. you know what i mean like you can you can tell someone that this is melodic post whatever and then they hear it and they're like this sounds like sounds like rob zombie dude you know and like because because it's all interpretation and it you know it goes along i, with, I love your interp i love what you do with that voice it's my favorite i'm sorry keep going. <laughs> but you know it's like i get tagged and stuff all the time where you know some people are like i can't believe they ripped you off dude and then i listen i listen to it and i'm like i wrote this song and i don't even know what part you're talking about <laughs> you know like it could it could be like this could be anyone's song i don't know I don't care either. You know, if if someone has something, you know, similar to a a, a line or, or whatever that I wrote, it doesn't matter to me. It's fine. But also, it's like I don't hear it, um, and that's just kind of that's just the nature of things. But yeah, you know, I, I feel like if you have to force people to um, check something out or listen to it or whatever, and don't let them make their own conclusion, and you're you're writing the narrative for them. It's probably not going to go over really well. <laughs> it's not. And, and to, to your point of kind of similar, like. You can only write an organization of zeros and ones next to each other in different tempos, different so many times. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's 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 almost impossible not to yeah. kind of somewhat build on influences <laughs> at least, right? Of 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 other bands in earlier times, or even patterns and rhythmic patterns, right? The amount of yeah. times I've heard da 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 because fucking bring me the horizon, sent paternal. Yeah. I I can't hear it anymore. You know what I mean? Like it, it's fucking it's so many times, um, yeah. and it's just it's so hard to not at least have something you know in that vein. That but at the same time, it's like you're supposed to then differentiate yourself with everything else. You know what I mean? Like there's a very lot of vari variables in, in music. You know that's like saying, oh well, this is the same tempo track, so you copied it, and it's like what? Yeah. <laughs> In what world? Yeah, you know, I heard I heard a stat that there's sixty to seventy thousand songs uploaded every day. I actually just fucked me up. I'm sorry. I just took that one in. It scared my, the shit out of me. <laughs> but think about that. Think about that. Sixty to seventy thousand songs every single day. Now, if you go back and let's just let's talk about like '80s thrash or let's talk about right. you know grunge or whatever. In '80s thrash and, and you know anything like that, how many how many 
uh, chuggy E patterns. How many gallops have you heard? You know what I mean? And I, I don't know what it is, but I think at this point where we're at, there's just so much, um, there's just so much to choose from and there's so much that you can find online and stuff that people start drawing conclusions and, and, mm -hmm. and making assumptions about how this was written or whatever. And, um, I don't know, man, like for me personally, I never, there hasn't, there hasn't really been any, anything much in the last while where I'm like, that's a rip. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, I know what you mean. It's because for me, because I write metal and stuff, I can see how easy it would be to maybe with something that you've never even heard or heard in passing yeah. that you just stored in the back of your mind and forgotten about how something could, could, could end up coming into your writing where, oh shit, maybe that is a bit similar. I don't know. But yeah, I just feel like it's inevitable now and oh, it's, yeah. it's hard to it's hard to shift that and and because of the, the sheer amount of music that's coming out and with metal and stuff and also as you say how do you evolve it how do you make it a little different mm. it's it's hard it's getting more and more difficult for sure oh yeah and that, that's what i love <laughs> is like uh, i call it kind of the mick gordon effect of like the dude sure, soundtrack yeah. where now it's like every metal band exists in electronics mixed in with their kind of you know yeah. riffs and all that and yeah. it's it's really cool to see though, but I because at least it's it's evolving in some way, and that's why again I love bands like Spirit Box or even bands like Loathe and like Darko yeah. that are like yeah you guys are big fans of Loathe right yeah dude huge Loathe and Darko I love those They're bands so yeah good man and yeah, dude. just seeing something that again is it completely like I could say Loathe is Deftones plus Meshuggah if I wanted to really and like simplify it sure. in such a dumb way but really it's yeah. like there's so many elements and so much nuance and so many variables that are added and those subtle details are i think what really nowadays encapsulate uniqueness for a band mm -hmm. right a unique sound and what makes it's like i want to listen to spirit box i can only get that at spirit box you know what i mean i want to listen uh, yeah. to sam carter do the sam carter thing on architects i gotta listen to fucking some architects right yeah, or Spirit Box's Yellow Jacket track, <laughs> and then you hear some kind of music, right? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much an Architect song. Um, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I I think you're exactly right. I think there's always going to be defining things and new artists and everything that you know there will be certain sim similarities between a Mashuga or, or anything that's low tuned or whatever. And if you really want to go that route, you could mm. dumb it down to that. But like, man, like a band like Loathe just has so many layers and just so much to offer and just so so much integrity and so much amazing shit going on i listen i i've listened to that record so many times and i hear something different every time yeah that's another thing that i think really sets um artists and songs apart is is you know how how you can tell how well thought out the actual writing and the actual production and everything because you know nowadays it's just it's almost equal it's, it's as important to have the production side of things as you know how good your song is right like it's like those kind of go hand in hand now because you know unfortunately a lot of bands will have these great songs that might not sound you know all that polished or whatever and they'll get overlooked because we're at the point now where everybody with a laptop can make an album sound like fucking you know dude the, uh, the mixing standard is fucked up like because we just every friday like we, we try to like that is basically my career now even though i pretend i'm still a guitarist is keeping up with music right <laughs> so and this year has been fucked for that because i've never seen so much music in my life but like even with like smaller bands that literally just brand, brand new not on a label mm -hmm. pro mix and it's like yeah. 
what the fuck? Like, this is just, like, the standard. Like, there's no yeah. room for ghetto-ass mixes because that no. th that band can pay someone probably, like, even a hundred bucks to have, like, that basic good generic, but, like, good mix, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, I mean, you go on the Spotify playlist and, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll listen. Nocturnal Monomail Spotify playlist, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got pretty fast at that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got that down. <laughs> Um, you'll go on some Spotify playlists and you'll, you'll hear some bands that maybe you never heard of and a lot of them will sound exactly the same. And, you know, in my opinion now, it's like almost refreshing to hear something, you know, that's new that maybe doesn't go the, the quote unquote safe route, you know, and they'll, they'll use, they'll use real stuff or, or they'll use a mixture of like a hybrid, like Loathe is a prime example of that, a hybrid of it. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're using like. You know, they they just mix analog and digital digital so well, and it's just you know it's refreshing. It's something that I haven't heard in a long time, and um, you know, I I think that's just where we're at. Where like new artists and stuff just have to really be conscious of everything and wear so many hats, you know. And mm. it's, it's pretty wild. It's pretty nuts to think about. Yeah, and I feel like the modern modern metal, which I kind of encapsulate all like whatever, loathe, beer bugs, even Darko, you know, all that, I call it just kind of modern metal nowadays. It's like is is absolutely like production like you were saying is so important and yeah. of course the songwriting and all that but it's it's so interesting seeing how everyone has to be better at songwriters now like there's no like there's no yeah. like here is riff with drums and vocals here mm -hmm. is next riff with drum and vocals you know like where's yeah. the reverses where's the you know reverse vocals where's the background ambience where's your axe effects your camper you know effects where's where's the synths where's where's you know like there's it's it, it's insane how much it's kind of evolved in uh, not super small amount of time but like really from like i don't know 2010s to now right mm -hmm. where that production is just it is almost the it's almost more important than the fucking music at this point uh, yeah it's it's kind of there to be honest with you and it, it sucks because I, personally I, i'm of the belief that if you don't have a good song even hmm. even if it's the most polished thing ever you know what i mean it's it's not it's not really worth much you know what i mean but the problem with it now is that you know we have this we have this mentality with certain people that they care so much about how it sounds that even though themselves, they've never put themselves in the position of being an engineer or a producer, they'll go on there and they'll completely write off a whole album or a song and be like, oh, there's too much 400 hertz in the snare drum, you know what I mean? It's just like, it's a situation that is unfortunate because I, for me personally, as I've grown older, I don't, I don't really care all that much you know what i mean because if a song is really great it's going to be great you know and like it's obviously a huge bonus when things sound you know like it's it's like why people listen to pop listen people right. listen to pop they don't understand why they listen to pop is because they 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 know it sounds so great you know what i mean and it's like they're in their car and they're bumping it you know what i mean and they can because it's it's mixed and mastered by the the world's greatest you know what i mean um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of rambling here, but I, I strongly believe that, you know, that, that, that people need to really just worry about the song first, you know, mm. anything after that is the bonus and that's, and you can choose your team. You can choose your mixing engineer. You can choose all that. Um, and you know, to, to, to kind of add to what I was saying before, like, yes, a hundred percent, it's true that like everybody with a, with a, a laptop can have good production and all that stuff. Um, but that is just making it so 
you kind of you know you're, you're able to easier and and that and that like more easily and and that's something that I think is a huge benefit. But it comes with cons, and and one of the cons is that kind of critique that over that that you know over dramatic critique of each little quote unquote flaw with production when literally it's an interpretation. You know, it goes back to what I was saying. It's all an interpretation. That's it. Oh yeah, abs- absolutely, and. It's just that fucking voice kills me. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, I completely, you know, oh, the symbols, the symbols are too shrieky. You know, like, well, I don't, I don't hear it. So, <laughs> oh, um, yeah, I absolutely agree with you on production. And it's, you know, a thing I do actually really like though about modern, you know, kind of metal and where it's trending is because of so, so many subgenres that have kind of gone through the machine, I guess I could say at this point of, of, of metal and the state of, you know, what's leading the metal scene is it seems that finally groove and melody are as equally as important with each other sure. in, in some yeah. way, right? Whereas back, obviously, you know, during Mashuga, everyone knows Bleed, da, 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 right? And et cetera, et cetera. And then it seems like a lot of bands for so, so long were like, we're just going to be a groove band or we're just going to focus on only melody. And now it seems like you can't escape either or. Like even, yeah. even your melodic riffs have to have like some kind of bounce to it because groove is also hooky which uh, you know groove is hooky just as much as melody is hooky so that's how i feel like a lot of modern metal bands are getting away with making really fucking heavy songs really catchy right yeah yeah dude well it's for me it's the fascination of that time frame with new metal Mm. where it was like you know it was everywhere you could walk into a store and corn would be playing and no one would be batting an eye or you know like you slipknot you know would be on late night television and the same thing you you you'd go to you know like a restaurant or whatever and and you know limp biscuit would be on the radio or whatever and i i feel like everything kind of comes and goes in 20 year cycles and where we're at now is just like people are finding it more and more acceptable to listen to low tuned music and mm-hmm. within that too people as guitar players as musicians and stuff we've had a decade of like roll the dice pattern breakdowns of just like how complex can i make this and i love that don't get me wrong there's so many bands that are so incredible that i just love that that's all they do but i think now people are kind of after so much of that are looking for what they loved in early 2000s stuff and i could be way off but i just really strongly feel like that i feel like so many bands are coming out now that are like almost like slam but mixed with new metal and then they have like you know like the the big chorus or whatever and stuff stuff like you know lincoln park and everything like that that's slowly kind of coming back into what a lot of metal bands are doing now and i love it i think it's sick and i love the modern twist i love having the really kind of like well thought out grooves and and, and intricacies and, and patterns and stuff you know, kind of mixed in with those like big anthemic, you know, songs that are undeniable, you know, and if things kind of keep going in this trajectory where, you know, that as you say, the melody and the groove is mixed and is pushed, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I, I'm really pumped on that. I'm here for that. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> dude, oh, dude, yeah, we're definitely on the nostalgia train. Like, I, I mean, huge bands yeah. like see Space Cowboys, which is early 2000s emo post hardcore i mean bring me the horizon did a pop punk out track right you yeah know, like it's and, and obviously yeah the lincoln park influences everywhere nowadays and yeah. it, it's cool to see I, I like it it's a refreshing thing in the metal scene i was i'm not gonna lie i was real scared 
from like 2015 to like 2019 for me like there was there was definitely a lot of cool releases but for me i was like metal is like i'm i'm where where is it going right now like i feel like we're at the kind of semi-peak of something that's been going on for a bit at this point like we're out of the crab core days that's for fuck sure right but it's like you know you could hear some bands starting to throw a little bit of like that lower tune genty stuff in like metalcore bands and you could start to somewhat hear like metalcore bands have like deathcore breakdowns or whatnot but yeah i feel like bands were still really scared until only recently where Again, that's why I fucking love Spearbox, love what you guys have been doing with it, is you just, you're just like, fuck you, we'll throw this heaviest shit deathcore breakdown, but then we'll have a nice, like, random electronic, like, pop thing right here that all works together, and it yeah. it just, it blends all these genres so that finally bands can look at that and be like, oh, I guess it's not that scary to try, you know, like, kind of unique, yeah. innovative things. No, totally. No, I appreciate that. Thank you. But, you know, I, I think it just is a combination of, you know, my influences mixed with Courtney's influences. Like, Courtney, she doesn't really listen to a lot of metal. She she appreciates a lot of metal. Mm-hmm. But, like, 99% of the time, it's like listening to, like, you know, like FKA Twigs and Billie Eilish and just, like, you know, she's. I've never met anybody. Like, she's like a music encyclopedia. You know what I mean? Like, she walks into a store and she'll hear, like, this melody over top of, like, you know, the 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 speaker that I can barely hear. And she's humming it. And I'm like, what is that? I've never even heard that song before. She's like, oh, it's this. It was released here. You know what I mean? Like, knows everything about all music. And for me, I don't know. Like, I, my influences are, are very much really scattered. Like, really, really scattered. I, I obviously love metal. I've grown up on, on it. And my I had a five a brother that's five years older than me that introduced me to that whole era and everything like that, and it stuck with me. Um, but, yeah, you know, like, I, I for, for us, whenever we're writing whatever, I'm just kind of like, what what is creatively fulfilling about just repeating the same thing? What is, what, what, what is the point in that? Because, you know, a lot of people might say that certain aspects of our record are, are selling out but i mean if we really wanted to sell out we would do holy roller 10 times because it's our highest played song i was about to say yeah holy roller um s- love it simple smashing yeah. hooky and tying to sure. kind of what i was saying with like that mixture of groove and melody down now 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 right that in yeah. itself two notes plus a bend is yeah. like the fucking hookiest thing I heard all that year. <laughs> that came out, you know. Yeah, and it was it was an unintentional fun song that we put out that we thought was just going to be a um, palate cleanser on the record. And it's pandemic times, and we just needed to put something out. And we're like, let's see if people like this. And we had no expectation, and that song kind of became a, a, a thing, you know. And as I say, you know, like there are songs on the album that are very pop focused that a lot of people would listen to and, and really be like, man, I don't know, like this is really, this is really just for this or it's just to get in movies or whatever. But the reality is, is that, you know, those songs don't stand a chance against Holy Roller and Holy Roller, it's our most polarizing thing. And we wrote it in two hours. You know what I mean? I love that. It's a song that, that it wasn't, it wasn't this forced things so we we could potentially do a lot more on that end of things but you know i guess the point i'm trying to make is that like i I feel like the whole sellout thing and everything like that is it's it's interesting when you were if you were to actually look at 
what that means. You know what I mean? Just because a song is poppy or has a pop structure or is a little bit more digestible doesn't mean that it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna skyrocket and be your biggest song. You know what I mean? It could be your heaviest song that's your biggest song. Yeah, you know? yeah. People don't, don't seem to understand. It, it's an interesting dynamic, and that's why I love how again the like you guys in general are so diverse, but obviously the album too is, is very diverse. Because yeah. even I'm even thinking like genuinely, I'm like. I don't know what the fuck Spearbox 2 is going to sell. You know what I mean? Like, that's a rare yeah. thing somewhat, which obviously everyone kind of tries new things, but it's like, I have no fucking clue. And I love that. That's so exciting. And it's maybe even super exciting for you guys where you're like, oh, fuck, we, we can do anything because we've established that we can do the ballads like Constance, even though the ending breakdown is fucking disgustingly heavy, right? And yeah. you can do the chill stuff and you can do the heavy stuff. And you can do everything in between. Like, you guys are a spectrum of music, basically, as a genre which I just, I love seeing that. And uh, yeah, I don't think a lot of people understand. Like you, you could have easily done Holy Roller 11 times or is, was there 11 songs in the album or 10? You, that's 11, right? I think there's 11. That's a good question. I don't even know. Chat, chat, chat let us know. <laughs> I think um, it was 10. <laughs> it, it, I know those are usually the go-to numbers, right? Where, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, there was 12. 12. Well, I fucked up. All right. So yeah, <laughs> there you go. Good so did I. Um, <laughs> so yeah, where you could have done Holy Roller, but then that also, you guys are playing, I can tell, for longevity, which is so important. You're, you're, you're trying to be like, here's a variety of things we really like. And that's, yeah. I'm sure that's going to expand even more and more and more while you build on the stuff you really like from this album and kind of go forward. Whereas, you know, some other band might just be like, this worked. We want right now fame or we just, we just want right now to just have the hottest, hottest shit. And then who cares yeah. about, you know, two, four years down the line. And then they're wondering... Why no one listens to their shit anymore? Because they released the same fucking song, you know, <laughs> to twelve nonstop in, in a row, right? So, I love seeing that diversity, and again, it must that must almost feel freeing, I'd assume, for you that you have this like almost maybe blank canvas going into the next album. Is that kind of a fair statement? I would say it's fifty-fifty. Okay, you know, because because even now, I don't even know. I really don't even know what right. what the new stuff as a whole, it was going to sound like, you know, like Eternal Blue was put out with the intention of like, you know, let's put it, we'll put the album out. So that way it's something that people can discover for years to come. Yes. Hopefully that's what you hope. Right. And yeah, you're absolutely right. It wasn't just like a quick, like, yeah, this is working. Let's just capitalize off of it. And, you know, we'll just, we'll just put our feet up and relax. You know what I mean? It was definitely like, we have to have as many diverse songs as possible on the album. Mm -hmm. As far as new stuff go, you know, going forward, it's, it is freeing because there isn't an expectation and people are curious, which is always a great thing. Other you know, people than to are, make the best metal album ever, which obviously is the expectation, but continue. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, people are curious, which is great because it means that people care. But then ultimately, too, you're kind of sitting there being like, well, what, whatever direction we start with is going to steer the ship. Yes. The foundation of where we start is very important. And right now, yeah, it's, it's just ending up being even more varied than the last and that's great but yeah. also i'm kind of like well we're not probably going to put out an album anytime soon we'll probably put out songs soon but like where do i even start you know what i mean so Please start by hitting up nick to do a reaction for it but dude yeah i completely <laughs> I, I completely understand that right and i could yeah like you guys just released this and they're probably looking that far you're like fuck like that's 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 some ways and then i'm sure again that pressure starts to amp up and all that but you said something which was the start. And that's where I want to take us right now. Because I I find your guys' journey f f 
fascinating beyond any modern sure. band that's been doing it. Because I also hear a lot like this stupid fucking word, which I think is the dumbest shit. Overnight success. Fuck off. That that's not a thing. It's you mean an overnight ten years success. Like that's actually what it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? What, I, what I'll say about that is that yeah, because I I do I do see that from time to time. Industry plant, all that stuff. I've been doing it for fourteen years, yeah. and let me tell you. If this was an industry plant thing, it would be not only the biggest waste of money, but it would be the longest time that anyone has tried to fool anyone to get to where we are now, ever. It would be the dumbest plan because I started doing this when I was 16. It's taken 14 years to get to this point right. where I could speak to you. Yeah. 14 years. And I speak to me. Well, I can speak to you, bro. This is no, trust me. <laughs> no, I'm, I, hey, man, I'm, I'm very, very happy to be here. And I'm, I'm very happy we got the opportunity to, to talk and everything. I, I appreciate it, dude. You know, like it's, it's an opportunity for me. And, and that's the thing. It's like, it would just be so elaborate. Think about that. 14 years trying to play in a metal band. And all of a sudden, it, it gets, it gets to a point where, like, hey, you can quit your job. And you're like, hell yeah. But like, you know, it, that's only been here for about 10 months where I haven't had to like yeah. go to my nine to five, you know, and I, dude, that to me, that's the end goal. And like, I, I'm very, very grateful. I'm very happy for that. But mm. we have so much more to do. We have so far to go. We just made our first record. You know what I mean? Like, so it's, so to me, I do get a laugh whenever I see that because mm. tell, you know, when you're delivering pizzas and you show up and the guy's wearing your band's shirt, and that's fucking awesome. It's a very sobering moment that happened to me when I was in my when I was in my uh, mid twenties. Damn, dude, that oh, okay, that's fine. I just I, I just want I just want to just say that because yeah, it's it's but you know what, dude? It's the internet. Yeah, it's the internet, and people just don't have a filter, and people will decide what something is without fact checking, and will also just decide that you know this is how it went mm, yeah and that's fine it's totally fine but like yeah you know like and and this and and what i just said you know that's an example of of just what you got to do you know when you're trying to meet music but if if you if you don't have a fallback plan you just got to make it work and yeah me and courtney after i wabo we 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 worked she worked at a cafe i delivered pizzas and then we got nine to fives in, in a in an office at the hospital and we were very grateful to have those jobs because they were positions where we could leave and come back when we chose to. And that's what enabled us to work on Spirit Box. And that was the start of it. You know what I mean? That was when we finished with Iwabo end of 2015 and we started, I started writing the first Spirit Box record in 2016. Mm -hmm. We came home and I was living, we were living with my parents and um, we spent about, I, it took me about uh, seven months to write the EP and then we recorded it and sent it off for mixing and then we spent about nine months shopping it to which everybody said no every label said it was not their thing they didn't want it bro I would have signed you I don't have a record label I'll make one I, I would have made one for you guys Nocturnal that Records great. there you go where were you where, where were you <laughs> I, I don't know man this was a 14 year plan I, I was I was 11 <laughs> got lost in the mail <laughs> got lost uh, in the mail dude that I, was that that was the start of it. Yeah, it was uh, October 2017 is when the first record came out. Dude, I, I like I love and again, that like that's that story just like that gave me goosebumps The you delivered a fucking pizza and someone was wearing your band shirt like that's such a that must that's just so humbling and special and like 
like that fucking a man that's just such a fun moment and i i'm like happy for you that you have that moment because like shit like that. i got a hundred of those i got a hundred of those oh shit really okay <laughs> well, well the guy the guy the guy looked at me and he says hey how's how's the band and i was like well obviously not very good <laughs> you know I don't like think, i don't think there's a better line we can do for the rest of the podcast than that one <laughs> you know like yeah things things were rough dude but at the same time it's just kind of like i don't know you have something that you're working on and you just have blind faith and you can't really fail. It's, it's going to sound lame, but you can't really fail if you don't quit. Right? Yeah, that's true. Sorry. My test, test, test. There we go. Can you guys hear me again? Yeah. Your mic exploded, dude. You were yeah, laughing I laughed too. so fucking hard. My mic exploded. There you go. You guys can hear me? Okay. You were laughing at my misfortune, Nick. How dare you? <laughs> dude, no, that, that's honestly so fucking humbling, man. I, I love that story. Hey, Chris Davis is in the chat. Chris, happy birthday. What, what fucking much love, Chris. Chris, my man, Chris Davis. Hell yeah, man. Dude, love Chris. Dude, I love, and yeah, like I said, like that the overnight success thing is like, yeah, you didn't see the fucking 14 other years, bro. Like that, that's the thing. And also it wasn't, even when Spirit Box started getting hype, it still took like, you, you, like you guys had to ace every single. That's the thing is like, and I want to get to that even in a second, but yeah, I'm not going to get to that wobble stuff, obviously, but like, how was that leaving that, like a project that's more like it had someone to name into going into like, this is brand new. Was that like a scary thing or was it more like, exciting and relieving being like there's no pressure it's just let's do music for music finally kind of thing it's the most terrifying thing i've ever done to be honest with you oh, yeah. um because you know like being from where we're at there's not a lot of music and there's not a lot of opportunity so iwabo you know was this huge project that we were fortunate enough to get to be involved with and you know we we toured a lot and mm. you know they weren't the biggest band in the world whatsoever but but for us it was like man this is such such a great opportunity we get to go play music all around the world this is incredible right. and, and for that to come to an end where that's been your identity and it hasn't gone the way that you were sold on it or or just the way that you expected and then to come home and kind of just have to figure out your life because you've been touring for the last little bit and you don't have a place to live and you don't have a job you don't have any money you know what i mean right and you're in your mid-20s and you're kind of just forced to sort it out um and then just to be like you know 26 or whatever it is and just be like i'm gonna make another metal record that went really well last time i'm gonna make another one <laughs> you know like let's do it yeah like yeah you have to be freaking insane you have to and all your friends are in school and like becoming lawyers and doctors and shit and you're just like yeah so more effect part one part two part three so that's like a 16 minute song and like you know like you're kind of just like what the hell am i doing and yeah it felt like what am i doing for a long time yeah man I, I could imagine and that's again like going all the way back there that's that's why I like any story of modern metal bands kind of making their way like I, I'm so intrigued by Spearbox, which is part of the reason why I was so stoked to have you on. So, again, you left Iwabo, you're like, fuck, let's make another metal record um, and see how life goes, kind of. And again, you're, yeah. you're, you're delivering pizzas at the time, Courtney's at a cafe, and you yeah. guys start recording. Um, you, you got the first EP kind of done. When did you start? Uh, not, not when was it like the signing and then like, oh, fuck, like things are happening. But when was the first little hit kind of of, oh, 
uh, okay, okay, spirit like spirit box is going. You know, it's it's you're still unknown yet, but like, all right, we're getting places, and 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 it seems like people are starting to discover our track. And side note for me, I discovered you guys through Belcara. That song fucks so hard. Um, anyways, yeah. <laughs> what what was that first bit of kind of? Was it like a song? Was it the EP drop? What was that for you? It was the continual process of just dropping videos okay. so like before when we made the first record we didn't we, we had visuals that were just kind of like these niche niche like artsy uh you know like spooky, spooky things yeah. that we put up whatever yeah, very spooky scary um and then uh we you know i was just kind of like we need a music video we can't afford to do it i'll just make one right so we we made the first music video and then we put that up and then all of a sudden and this all ties into youtube dude like the first person that actually like really shouted us out was K-Mac. Oh yeah, dude, K-Mac's a funny guy. <laughs> yeah, and like, dude, he's he's the nicest and he's he's the best dude. And he he threw it up on his community page, and we were so confused. We're like, what the hell is a community page? And I was a big fan of him or whatever. And you know, like, it was moments like that over the course of like a year. Mm. You know, when we finally put out these videos, when we were finally putting out the music and regular you know, like increments of, you know, every couple months or whatever. Um, each time we do it, it just kind of slowly gained more and more interest. And then the Belcara was the was the first tipping point where we were like, okay, like a lot of people are watching this and the music video is very messed up and it doesn't make any sense, but we we made it work, whatever. Um and then from there, you know, after the singles collection was done, we were like, we, you know, we're fortunate to have our, our manager be there from day one. We wouldn't be anywhere without him. He, he was the guy that was the mastermind behind right. like, this whole, okay. like, put it online, build, build, if you build it, they will come situation. And, um, you know, we took the mentality of like, what if we took the budget for the entire singles collection and mm -hmm. we put it into two songs? We just, we just wrote, we wrote a bunch of songs, but we picked the best two. And that's when we started writing for Eternal Blue. Okay. We started writing for blue back in 2019 and the first writing session we had about six songs two of them were rule of nines and blessed be so then that was in the summer and then in the fall we were like let's go record these two and we took the two grand that we had to pay dan for the singles collection and we put it just in those two songs and then i filmed the rule of nines video we put that up and then that was the first moment that was the first moment where people were like okay I, this is a thing. This is you know? a thing, yeah. <laughs> the thing, and we were like, it is a thing. And then we got our first tour and with After the Burial, and that was another moment where we're like, okay, now we've, the gatekeepers have let us in on their club. Well, you know, like, we're, <laughs> their club. I love that. we're in this world now, and hmm. you know what happened, and, and we came home, and then we put out Blessed Be, and it just... As the world went like this, we went like this, and it was a right. weird feeling. Well, that, it was that, that's weird. the thing is, Every single time, like you made every single like uh, an event, right? It was like this is coming. And yeah. same thing though, you guys didn't over like it was hype naturally. It wasn't this you guys like, guys, this is our best song. You know, like it wasn't that bullshit. It was just like, hey, we got a song next week. Yeah, you know, like was, that's that's it, and that's so exciting because you guys had this natural build of just. Consi consistent that's the word i'm looking for you were so consistently good when it came to the songwriting every song was good it had good riffs it had good chunk it had really good melodies right courtney was doing amazing things the drums bass everything and it was very unique and it had an awesome video which i definitely want to ask you about like kind of the video side and how the fuck 
you just you just do that you know it's just like oh yeah like i do this now <laughs> kind of like and made it look really good um but yeah it was just consistent from you know every single video every song good good better evolving right and you yeah. didn't miss and i think that was so important because out of all the hits if even if it was sometimes like two misses it's almost like that period is like the time is the time in a band's life that this determines at which level they start at or start more in like yeah. the you know what i mean like start more in the space of like okay the metal scene right and because you guys kept hitting you know it's it's almost like <laughs> i'm comparing it to video games where it's like you guys did so like so well at hitting 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 early on and kept winning games that like your rating was like like was like really high Right, like your natural match. <laughs> there you go. You're like, what the fuck is Nick talking about? Your IMDb is off the charts. Yeah, right. Like your natural <laughs> matchmaking rating was just so hard because it's just, you know, you're getting in there. Yeah, like 2K ELO and you just kept winning, winning, winning. So you started off at kind of a higher playing yeah. field, even though, again, it was still a grind to get there. Right. Sure. Um, and yeah. before I continue with that, I want to ask you, how do you do the video stuff? Because like, that's just amazing. Well, it was like I was saying before, it's like you have to wear so many hats. Right. And I haven't done all of them. I love I love making videos, dude. It's so much fun. But like when we first started off, it was it was just like you know, like where I live, where I live, there's some in incredibly talented people. But where I live is also one of the most expensive places in the world to live. So okay, you have a beautiful a beautiful view though, right? And up in Vancouver Island, there. Yeah, dude, it's pretty amazing. It's I'm very fortunate to live here. Um, but it's not. It doesn't help when you're a broke metal band trying to make music videos and all that stuff because everybody's rates are so high. But what works is if you have a, uh, a DP, a director of photography. And okay. so if, if sometimes it was just me where I'd go and rent a camera and then we would just experiment and then I'd edit it and then we would throw it up. and Or sometimes I'd outsource for the color correction or whatever. Um, other times we'd hire a DP because they just had the same gear that I was right, going then I would just edit it. So there's been probably about like, I don't know, six or seven of our music videos that I've had to do where it's just kind of winging it and just being like, I hope this is good. Oh my God. You know, and like just trying to figure it out using like a cracked version of Final Cut and stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but that set us up to be able to work with certain people. And, and for instance, you know, one of the people that really helped us along the way, his name is Dylan Hirchuk. Uh, from Versa Films, I've known him for a long time. Back when my first band used to tour through Saskatoon and stuff, and he became this monster director, videographer, mm. and he came into play uh, with our song Perennial. Oh, and okay. He even did that, and he knocked it out of the park. But we could only afford just him and an assistant, and like you know, we did it over the course of a couple of days. And he's done. Uh, he did Blessed Be, but yeah, you know, like for for the first little bit. Um, it's just one of those things where I just was like, look, like the band can't afford it. I'll do it. You know, like even in lockdown, I had to do Holy Roller and we outsourced uh, with Dana from Kingdom of Giants to do the color correction. But yeah, like, you know, it's just you kind of whatever you have to do, you just do it. You know what I mean? And what we had to do was make strong visuals and me doing it allowed us the um, comfort and the luxury of taking our time and making sure that it was done right yeah. to the to the best of my ability i'll say that and you know and 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 just because at the end of the day like the the song is very important the visual is very important too and having a sharing aspect to the song is very important and um that was one thing that we just really stressed a lot of the time was just pushing the visual and making sure that each song had a 
you know, a well thought out visual, even even if it turns out to be a bell car where the cops come in halfway through and you lose half your footage. But you know, oh, no, of- really? Oh, okay, yeah, you, you can't you can't bring that up and not go into detail on that one. Now, what? Oh my god. Okay, so bell car was like, you know, that was the, the the heavy song. I was like, man, it's gonna be so much fun just to just to have this heavy song where we can all have like this good performance and stuff and. So I, I go and I I, I I try to figure out where to do the the um the video and there's this place called Fantana Alley in Victoria and it's world famous. It's like the most narrow alley in North America and it's okay. all brick and beautiful. It's in, it's in Chinatown, it's really awesome, it's a tourist spot. But there was this this really cool um uh room up there where they, they did daily rentals and I was like shit. I wonder if I could film a video up there. So dumb of me. So stupid to think. So stupid to think that a metal band at, at 10 a.m. could go up there and do it. But I went and I met the people, and I was like, "Hey, uh, I want to film a music video in here, and it's going to be loud. Is that cool?" And they're like, "Yeah, no problem." And I was like, "Are you sure? There's going to be drums. There's going to be loudness. You know, like, is this going to be cool?" Yeah, no problem. Gave my deposit. Went and rented all the equipment. My friend actually DP'd it and. Um, we get up there and we start filming and all of a sudden, and I still have this footage, but all of a sudden we're, we're doing the first performance take, right? And it's just bam, 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 bam. And I, and I, we look at each other and like, some of us are still going, some of us are not bam, bam, bam. And we stop and I run down there and like, you know, like the clicks like bing, bong, bong, stops cause it's over the PA and I run downstairs and it's the business owner below being like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and I was like, no, 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 no. Like I, I have permission, you know, like I got this thing and she's just like, what is this? And I was like, look, you know, like at the time, at the time, at the time our drummer like flew in from Kelowna to like, and we, he wasn't even our drummer at the time, Ryan, like he was just filling in and he was going to be in the video and like right. so much riding on all this money, the rental, the time, all this stuff. It was only this day, bills from Vancouver, all these things. And I was like, look, I get it. I totally get it. I was duped. They told me that I could do this here. Just fucking give me two takes. Give me six minutes. Just give me six minutes. And she was like, no, and started arguing with me. And I was like, listen, lady, I'm going to go do it. I'm just going to go do it. So you can rather just say yes and let me do it or say no and let me do it or whatever. I don't care, but I have to go back up there. I'm going to do it. So we ripped it. We ripped it for two takes. So all the performance in that video is from two takes. And then there's a side door you'll notice in that performance to the right of our drummer. There's this little door and we get, we're, we're about to do a third rip and I, we start the song and all of a sudden it's like, dum, 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 RCMP please. And it's just like, okay. And then the cops come in, they're like, what are you doing? <laughs> was, was that when there was, I, I don't know if there's blood, there's something, is it blood on the video? At the, well, it's not real blood, but like at the floor, was that during that part too, where you kind of made the scene and, and all that shit? Or was it just the performing? Oh, you mean, do you mean the, the bed sheets and stuff? Yeah. Like with okay. So they came in and they're like, guys, like we totally feel for you. We understand that you were lied to, but like, this is insane. You can hear it from like five blocks away. And I was like, understood, understood. And then I was like, can we just like, can we just have the volume dip quite a bit and not perform and just try to improvise some stuff here? And she was just like, yeah, I don't give a shit, whatever. She leaves. So I was like, okay, there's bed sheets here. Um, we're going to play it off the phone. And then Courtney's going to just sing and just do weird shit. And me, Bill, <laughs> oh, Ryan. The Fortnite dance. Is that where the Fortnite dance came from? 
Dude, what else was she supposed to do? She's improvising the whole time. So I was like, me, Bill, Ryan, we'll lay under sheets. We'll pretend to be dead. It'll be eerie. Whatever. Let's just figure it out. So she, you know, did her thing, did crazy stuff, and we're like, cool. And then a week later, we I knew about this abandoned house that was about 45 minutes away, and, and I was like, just walk around this shit for like fucking half an hour and, and sing the song a little bit or, you know, do whatever. It will take creepy shots of you. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And then we put it together and I was like, well, this is fucked. Upload. <laughs> That's what happened. <laughs> Mark, that's the best story i've ever heard ever of a fucking music video that's actually legendary like i wish i wish you guys uploaded like a backstory youtube like behind the scenes of that shit like so fucking funny dude that's actually i mean it's it's to your detriment obviously so not funny but sort of really funny just like situationally like and how it turned out still amazing that's the thing like i wouldn't have in a million years guessed that all that shit went down i thought you guys were just like here's our stage and here's our stuff let's do our thing in this like ghetto kind of basement looking place and that's it (laughs) dude that statement that you said i would have never guessed all the shit went down that is the epitome of spirit box (laughs) i I have i have like i have like a hundred of those where it's just like you're fucking joking i'm like yep that's the way it went you know but like that's what i'm saying though it's just that you just have to do whatever it takes and you just have to roll with it and just move on and just keep going keep going because it's like it's like what i was saying before about people's attention spans and stuff it's just like you have this time with them where they give you the, their attention and you have to you have to find a way to continue that and that momentum and you have right. to strike when they are taught and um yeah making our own music videos and stuff there's been so many times there's been so much crazy shit. It's, i don't know what it is but anytime you're doing anything that's just a little different you know, than just walking around the street, people stop and go, what you doing? You know, and you're kind of just like, I don't know what to tell you, dude. I don't even know you. Like, I just leave me alone. It's because you know? we, like, we're Canadian, right? Everyone, they're, they're trying to yeah. obviously help out, right? I mean, in America, they'd hear noise or some crazy dude going, ah, you know, in the middle of the street. They're just like, yep, normal. That's just a day in, in the life right now. The way it goes. Yeah, man. Dude, that's <laughs> fucking crazy. I had no idea that had that much backstory, which again, the vi- like you wouldn't expect that. The video turned out great. Like it, it looks great. It fits the song, which I, I, I didn't understand. That's so funny that because like the dancing, I, I like it. It's, it's super fun. It's fun, right? It, it like fits the video. But with the backstory, like that is fucking hilarious. We're just like, all right, fucking do something. Just just go nuts. Go crazy. You know, be, be creepy. And like, you know what? Corny's a star and she is just so great in any sort of acting or any sort and I mean it, it, watch her music video she's literally she's the best she's a star she she's she can be any character whatever you know and we're very very fortunate to have that and to have her you know in that position and yeah like whether it's something like that or it's you know being a demon lady in holy roller whatever you know like there's it's it's definitely um it's interesting. It's cool. You know, I, I, I hope that she explores more characters and gets to act more in music videos because she's fucking really good at it. Dude, she's, she's really a killer. Good. Like, I believe everything <laughs> she's saying, you know, like, yeah, like yeah, 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 coming cool. out of her mouth. It's, it's fucking crazy, man. Um, dude, but yeah, like, I, like that's a, I love you mentioned like adapt, like just adapt. What is adapt, overcome, improvise that fucking thing? Like, yeah, dude. Gotta do what you gotta do. Like simple as that. Like shit is never gonna go your way most of the time, especially in the music industry. So all you can do is when shit gets fucked up, you just gotta be like, okay, what do we do right now? Like just how? Yeah. Like, just it's not gonna be perfect, and you go yeah. with it, right? 
That's the situation. Yeah, like how, how, how can we make the best of the situation, pretty much? It's, exactly, that's right? So, you guys have your music videos, which, you know, cops are called on you, fucking you're doing the dances, you're, you're trying to figure shit out, you're delivering pizzas, cafes, yeah. right? Yeah. Now, what is the moment when you start? Was it, was it blessed be that you released that it was like, okay, my email, like your guys' email, just got probably flooded with like 50 different fucking label, you know, labels hitting you up, I'm assuming. How, well, when did that start? How was that kind of played out? You know, it's just we got told no so many times. Right. So many times, so many times. We got we got told no for every every reason. And then, yeah, like we, we came home from that after the burial tour and immediately I was like, we're fucked. We're so boned. It cost us 20 grand just to come home. Like... Just insane because you know the with the European travel ban, it was like yep. you know, it was like get home immediately, and so everybody just flooded the airports and tried to get home, and um, so you know we were a little bit boned from that, and then as soon as we came home, it was like everyone just started caring, and it, like I said before, it was like all this horrible stuff was going on in the world, and there's just negativity on the news and all this crazy shit, and then for us, this project we've been just slaving over for so many years, it was just like all of a sudden it was like, Ooh. right, and. Then we kind of we put that song out and we just move forward. I we started uh, recording Holy Roller like officially with Dan and and we started getting the whole music video thing ready and everything and that was that was in May and then we started talking to Rise and um, yeah it was a no brainer dude it was an absolute no brainer they they saw what we were doing they support it through and through they're the best and. They, they, they don't give us any, and this is something that I do see online sometimes where they're like, oh, freaking Rise just ruined their shit. Uh, let me tell you, they, they were the most hands-off team mm. that probably ever existed. And they crushed, they crushed it right. and they helped us out immensely and we're forever grateful. Um, but yeah, you know, they, they came in and, and they really, really stepped up. And they're amazing for it. Yeah. So, so how was that switch going from, again, mentality, almost like the band, like, oh, we're fucked. Like, we just came back. We're like, we just spent so much money. Shit's going crazy. To where, where yeah. was it? So when was the switch? Was it that email kind of from Rise and going with them where it was like, oh, um, literally, like, we're getting offers now. We're getting offers to play shit. Was it when you guys signed or was it kind of, if you guys can talk about that also, I don't know if you have like labels. Yeah. Shit and oh, dude. No, I, I'm a I'm a pretty open book okay. to be honest with. You. Um, yeah, you know, like Blessed Be came out, there was momentum and stuff, and and then as we were getting ready to release Holy Roller was when like the Rise deal was pretty much like finishing up and, okay. and ready to go. And I I remember this exact moment where they were like, so what's the plan then? Like, what's the release look like? Like, are you guys gonna put out anything in the next couple months or whatever? And I remember our manager told them, he's just like, oh, they're putting out a song like next week. <laughs> And they were like, "Oh, really?" And he was just like, "Yeah, they're just they're just gonna do it because they want to." Right. And they were like, "Okay, sounds good to me." You know, like sure. they totally supportive of it. You know, and yeah, like it, it's it just felt like there was a shift. There was a shift after Blessed Be, and there was a shift after we got home from that tour. Hmm. And and I don't know if it was just the proof of us because at that point we had only played two local shows. Yeah, and one show in Calgary. And then we went to, um, we did one final local show before the year tour, got nine dates into that, everything went to shit, came home. So we only had about 11 or 12 shows under our belt. 
And I think that maybe it was like the the proof of concept or something where it was like, okay, well, they're doing it live. Yeah. So I think, you know, maybe this is a real thing because, you know, there, there are projects, you know, however good they are, that they never do it live. And people were just like, oh, well, they're like an internet band. We were an internet band for a very long time. You know, everybody just thought we were an internet band. And that's, you know, obviously like we, we didn't, we, we waited, we waited a long time to play live. And um, yeah, I think right before Holy Roller, when that, when that moment happened and we released that, that, that was like the big turning point mm -hmm. because again, super unexpected. We had no expectations. It was a song that we didn't, really like we enjoyed it we enjoyed playing it on that tour we, we it was the first time we'd actually ever tested a song live before it was even uh recorded we called it holy moly before holy roller and uh yeah and it went over well live so we're like i mean people might like this so dude yeah that, that around that time is when everything just kind of changed okay sure. dude, yeah that's yeah that was that was a bop dude i i I mean, that's the thing. I've been, it was Belcara that really got me into, I, I heard the track, I think, before Belcara, but it was like, oh, this is cool. And then I kind of went my own way still. And then Belcara, I was like, oh, fuck, this is, this is on read. Like, <laughs> and then I was hooked, right? Then I was like, everything that came out, like Rule of Nines, fucking, um, yeah, Bless B, everything. And then obviously Holy Roller, which again, coming from the core kid heart of mine, I was like, yeah, I was like, okay, like we're, we're we're having a good fucking time, even though the other songs yeah. are just as good, if not even better, right? But so <laughs> that that came out, and now again, rise is you got rise on your back, and I remember seeing that announcement. I was like, fuck yeah, I was like that that, that <laughs> they're good, they got, they're going for it, right? Not to say that labels are always like the GG end all, but like based on how you guys were doing so well on your own, I knew that all the label would do is just help is just help you go a little, just push it a little bit more. That's it, right? Yeah. So I was super fucking stoked for you guys. But so you guys have that, and now you're with Rise, and you have new singles and all that stuff planned out. And you have, I guess, talking albums at this point, maybe, or like when maybe we're going to drop an album. How mm -hmm. is this period? Because this is the like, pro I would assume the most stressful, crazy fucking time of probably yeah. I'm a, your life in quite some time going through this process up until the release. How was this? It was, yeah, it was the absolute worst, dude, because we, we, I think we booked four or five Airbnbs, um, to record the record mm. and, you know, with restrictions and everything moving forward, it was like, we just canceled them one by one. And just mentally, it just put me in a spot of like, I'm never going to get this fucking record done. Mm. Like, or because Holy Roller and Constance were recorded over zoom and I was <laughs> really? like, you could do that. Yeah, yeah dude you can do that you can you can use zoom and you can have the other person take control of your computer and all i got text andy i'm sorry i gotta figure this shit out for <laughs> yeah so I'll, mess I'll message you after i'll message you after because okay, it's yeah. it's incredible we we'd still do it now for writing and stuff but yeah like you know like moving forward it was like i, I in my head i was like i can't i can't do 10 more songs like this i can't do 10 it's and especially if we want to change anything or whatever you know how easy it is when you're in the room with the mixing guy or the producer or whatever and you can point at the screen and be like turn that up yeah you know yeah. that's like four emails dude <laughs> that's like the equivalent of like trying to describe what you're hearing and it's like of course you're hearing it differently than they're hearing it there's all this you know so it's like mm -hmm. you have to be in the room with them and so you know, and as I said before, I appreciate the fact that we had the extra time because it enabled me to write some more songs and, you know, like it, it, it benefited the album. But let me tell you, dude, it was like, it was the wait for that, then finally getting 
to the States. And because of everything crazy going on, we didn't want to go to this. We didn't want to go to LA because LA was in a bad state. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was like, you don't want to be there. So our manager was finally like, and at this point it was like November. And he was like, dude, why don't you just go to Joshua tree? Because it will allow you to come down. You'll be completely removed from everybody. And hmm. you'll get to do the record in the time that you want to do it. And with vinyl shortages and stuff too, it was important that we had to do the album and deliver it by March. Right. So we were like, okay, I guess we're doing this. So I booked a house in Joshua Tree on a 20 acre property. And we flew out there in January and we lived in that thing for a month. And we did all of Eternal Blue in a dining room. And Damn. we just lived it day in, day out. And then even more stress happened where it was like, we staggered the album release date, the announcement, you know, like all this stuff. And yeah, man, it was, it was a very, it was a very testing time where it was just kind of like, how, how, how long can you wait? You know, let's, let's see how long you can wait before you crack, you know, because it had been it, all together, all together. Eternal blue took about two years to write and it wasn't by choice. Yeah. It wasn't by choice, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy that certain songs made it on the album that were last minute. Mm. Circle with me being one of them that I recorded wrote in the studio. That's a fucking um, banger. Yeah, I'm very yeah. I was, it's one of my favorites on the record, and um, you know, it's it's uh, it's just one of those things where it, it was it was it was it, for me worth it. I, I it was hard, but it was worth it, and I'm happy mm. that we did wait. But yeah, it, it was very difficult, dude. It's it's not easy to release music when. The entire world is just kind of like, you know, mm. up in the air. Well, that's, that's the thing. It's like it's like you guys took all the right turns, but at every turn there was like a fucking roadblock. Like there was a fucking traffic pile up, and you're like, "What the fuck?" You know, even though you're going the right way to get to that destination, there's just yeah. so much shit in your way. And the fact, again, you guys are just like, "Let's keep going, overcome it." And then end up with an awesome album. That, that's amazing, man. How about how was even like everyone else in the band going through those times with you? Because I know obviously you, you, you know, you and Courtney, and then um, Bill, and then I don't, I, I, I correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know how involved Zev is with everything. I is he like yeah. writing and everything? Is he like really super in it, or is he more just tracking and like tour stuff? So the way that this works with the band basically is like I'll record all guitars. And I'll write and record guitars. I'll write and record bass. Okay. And then um, Zev and me will collab on the MIDI. And the oh. only reason why we do MIDI is because we weren't in a position to travel and find the right drum room. And then if there was any mix-ups or anything that we had to redo or whatever, the MIDI just allowed us to just have complete freedom. Exactly. Away. Hey, I want a different fucking snare right here. Zoom. Yeah. You know, instead of yeah, one yeah, yeah. second, give me a whole day to go back and record it. You know. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I have to go hire a new engineer and get the right mic set up. Yeah, no, we're not doing that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so basically whenever I would write the song, I would come up with the MIDI and then I'd send it to Zev and be like, hey, like certain verses and, and all this stuff, like, can you just spice it up and just make it better or whatever? And then he would sit on an e-kit and then he would send me his version and then we would look at that and then we'd tweak it and then we'd use a mixture of the original and, the, and, the, and his. Mm. And I'm so happy we did that because Zev is unlike any other drummer I've played with. Zev is just a prodigy and he's just an incredible mind and his 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 sense of rhythm right. and his sense of flair and stuff is just so good and well beyond anything I could ever try to write because yeah, I can hold it down. I've had, I've had to write the MIDI for like, you know, the first two records or whatever, but for this, it had to be different and it had to be fancier. It had to, it had to have the mind of an actual drummer behind it. You know what I mean? Because 
there's a lot going on and he had a lot of space to fill out and stuff. So that's how the whole dynamic works. But through the entire thing, and, and Dan also helps me immensely with writing and stuff okay. too. He's a huge part of our sound. Um, but that being said, you know, when we went to record, Zev wasn't allowed to come because of just how risk travel, uh, risky travel was. Okay. Bill came and he lived with us and he was there to, you know, just give us any sort of critique or just like help out with certain, you know, like, oh, I heard this in this song, like, let's listen to this and you know what I mean, stuff like that. And right. he just, also on top of that, you know, we as a band had only really spent select moments together, mm-hmm. you know, all th- even though Bill lives in Vancouver, you know, bef- before we started, you know, doing the the tours and the, and the shows and stuff this year and stuff, I mean, we probably spent a total of like three weeks together. Wow. So uh, throughout the years, you know, because every time we'd meet up, it'd be for a music video weekend gotcha. or, and, you know, just like we wouldn't even really rehearse. Right. Because it's like, what's the point if we're not playing shows? Why are we going to rehearse? Yeah. And our drummer, we, we went through a couple of drummers, but our drummer now lives in Philadelphia. So it's a, whenever we meet up to rehearse now, it's like we meet up right before the event or the festival or the tour or whatever. And we rehearse for a week and then we'll go. But during that time, Zev couldn't come. So it was just like emailing him updates and him being like, tweak this MIDI a bit, send it back. And then, yeah. So, I mean, like we, we all just felt in that house super super isolated the average coffee run would take 45 minutes oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> all the way down to timmy's eh? i mean they got to gas up their moose you know what i mean and, and all that well time. yeah exactly yeah, yeah. it was and we did we, you know we took it very seriously man like down down there in the desert like we, we we made sure to do grocery curbside pickup you know we didn't really go into many places and it just it got to us at times because it was so quiet and there was no one around you know like this property like with it being on 20 acres and stuff at night, like, I don't know if uh, anyone in the chat or anybody has been to Joshua tree, but like you can see some fucking stars, you know, like it's, it's pretty, it's pretty gorgeous, but it's also so quiet. And you know, this property was just massive. And so you'd sit there and like, you'd have like the Hills have eyes moments okay, where like gotcha. the mountains in the back and stuff, you're like somebody up there, you know, like it's kind of like <laughs> you have those moments and, um, it, it definitely was inspiring, but at moments it was just like, man, I could fucking really just go to like, you know, a Chili's right now and just remove myself from this situation right. for a couple hours. You know what I mean, like, yeah. So, so it, it was very isolating. I think that lent itself to the album, but as far as mentally going through it and stuff, the stress just kept mounting mm-hmm. because the pressure kept mounting and the expectation kept mounting. And, you know, it's, it's, it's your first album. It's like real album, full album. It's your baby. And you want to make as much of an impact as possible. Um, and sometimes it's hard to tune out the noise and it's, it's hard to tune out the critique. Um, but ultimately we, we just were like, man, let's just, let's just do the best job that we possibly can and hope for the best. Mm. And, um, yeah, you know, it was a difficult time, but I'm happy we went through it. It was an experience and it's something that I'll never fucking forget. That's for sure. Dude, that's fucking amazing, man. And again, like <laughs> I, I, I hope for anyone even watching to take that as inspiration, like even all that, all that delving from like simple overnight success, like fuck no, my boy over <laughs> here was delivering fucking pizzas out of, you know, leaving a band and not knowing what the fuck's going to happen into now yeah. making literally one of the biggest fucking metal releases letter of the year in a year with already a million albums yet you guys still managed to do it stand out and make a huge impact like I get, trust me being part of the metalcore scene even myself specifically like 
we that album was talked about you know like people were sure. fuck like that was there was hype and i've never seen hype like that in an album in like years and it was so exciting and then when you guys dropped it it was just so refreshing and just satisfying i think and even with that i i'll eat all you know obviously there was tons i'm sure you got tons of incredible like yes this is amazing and there'll always be like those you know reddit metalcore um where it's like eh, i don't know about this and i mean when you get something that's that excited that's hype it's like it's impossible to please everybody at that point it, it's just not gonna fucking happen and that's why i, I mean that release and i was like Five, take your, you know, like fucking ace album. Love this shit. And it was just so well done. And again, like huge props to all you guys going through all that shit and finally having now like that kind of foundation, which I know is super important for a band that now gives you that creative freedom to, to go do your stuff and have people that are going to fucking back you and just, and just kill it. And, you know, like your guys' dynamic is so, is so cool. I mean, like even the fact that you work again with your wife, which is, that's so fucking cool. <laughs> you know, like that's, yeah. that, that's such a unique dynamic, especially in the metal scene. And mm -hmm. I, I know we've been going for a bit, but I definitely want to ask, like, how is that dynamic with, with again, you and Courtney guitar? And then plus, you know, obviously a husband, wife, but also the dynamic of guitarist vocalist, which, sure. you know, how does that kind of go about Dude, it's the absolute best. It's the best because, you know, like the amount of tours that I've done where it's, it sucks to see it's, it's hard to watch someone go through some, some hard times because they're missing this, their significant other or they're fighting with them or whatever. Right. And I mean, it's just human nature, you know what I mean? But to be able to experience this with Courtney is, is amazing. And, you know, like we, we have no time off from one another and we're totally cool with it. You know, like it's, it's awesome. Um, it is difficult sometimes where we blur lines where it's like, you know, we'll be talking about the band and we're like, do you want to, uh, do you want to like go get food or something yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. for a little bit? And then, you know what I mean? Like we have to have those but you know, every every day, especially lately with this band, it's just something new that we have to focus on, and something a new goal or a new thing, a new opportunity, and mm -hmm. which is amazing. You know, that's that's why we did this. It's 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 for it to be our main thing. Um, mm -hmm. But it's it's hard to sometimes it's hard to have that dynamic where you can you can know when to turn it off and you can know when to kind of just chill out or whatever and stop talking about it. As far as creatively, um, you know, it's been really great in recent years because, and I feel like you can you can hear the clear shift when this happened but for the first two records i would just present her with a full song right. and just be like good luck you know what i mean <laughs> good luck i love that <laughs> go, go for it you know what i mean and then i wouldn't even hear what she would write until i would record her because i i had to record her vocals for those two records right and so i'm sitting there and i'm about to hit record and i'm like I wonder what I'm going to hear. I wonder, and obviously it was great. You know what I mean? It was, it was always, but you always wondered up until that point of like, I wonder if she's going to scream here. I don't, I wonder if she's going to sing or whatever. And then from rule nine's blessed be all the way onward, we had her, you know, be there for when each part was written. Okay. So that way, when I would write a riff, she would grab a microphone and she would just mumble or just hum a melody hmm. and, we would record it and then we would be like, yeah, okay. I can hear, I can hear this works. The key works, the, the melody line can flow. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, if we are to do that sort of vocal, then this part works, you know what I mean? And 
yeah, you know, it's it's been great that way where we have now this this rhythm of how we do it, where it's like I no longer just give her an entire song and I, I leave her to it and then I find out about it, you know, what, what she wrote like three months later or whatever. Now it's like she is involved in the creation process start to finish and gets to, you know, get, gets to figure out the song with us, mm-hmm. you know, and that's awesome. And it's, it's been a huge help and it's really worked for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, ultimately dude, it's, it's, it's such a blessing and it's, it's a unique situation. I will agree with you on that. Dude. Yeah. Uh, that's, I always say even like a, a normal band, you know, with no one in actual relationships with each other, you're basically all married to each other. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you, you, every, you're there, you're with each other on tour every day. You're right. Your careers depend on each other. Kind of, you know what I mean? Like personal relation. Like if, if you, someone pissed you off in the band that seriously affects the band in a way too. It's like, you're all already married to each other. So to have actually you guys actually, married to each other in a dynamic that is a band it's just so interesting and i'm so happy for you guys that you're you're able to figure that shit out because bands can't even figure that shit out you know when they're just like yeah, yeah. when they just need to work with each other to kind of get shit done so the fact that yeah. you're able to have that dynamic it also must open up so many unique writing opportunities that like just other bands won't get you know what i mean like working with a spouse and you know it could be like in the middle of the night and you're both like sleeping and then she'll be like and you'll be and you'll just you'll have your one of your seconds where you're like Courtney, I have to go record this. She's like, fuck, just, you know, like, gets out of bed and does your shit. Like, yeah, have you, has that also been a plus? Like, the actual, um, have you seen an aspect of that tie into some very special, unique writing opportunities that otherwise wouldn't have come about if you guys, if you weren't married? For sure, man. We had one recently. Uh, I, I can't really expand on it too much, but we had one recently that I would have never even thought in a million years would have happened. Okay. And, it was a great experience and yeah it's it's you know it's great to get to do it together because it's kind of like you know when 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 they're like yeah we want to write with spirit box or whatever you know what i mean it's 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 nice just to be able to go me and her and and you know we can sit there and and then we're we're good and we can just stay wherever and it's it's fine but like yeah like I, i i think that the whole writing aspect and you know because we haven't done a ton of writing for other people right yet. right i'd love to get into um but as as far as you know us together and stuff it's it's definitely it's definitely like there are those moments where i wake up and i'm like shit i got a riff in my head you know <laughs> she gets it she totally gets That's it awesome. and vice versa you know she'll 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 be you know doing something and she'll start humming a melody and i'm like what is that you know and um it's unique in a sense where, you know, we have a little studio room in our apartment and we're able to just like, you know, rough stuff down and, and record it roughly and all that. And, and yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. And there's a mutual understanding, which, you know, maybe in certain relationships, there wouldn't be that where it's like someone has to practice a lot and their significant other is just kind of like, why, you know, like uh, maybe there's this misunderstanding or something, you know? Um, so yeah, we're, we're lucky. We're very lucky. Dude, that's fucking <laughs> amazing, man. Like I said, I'm so happy to hear that because I've, I don't think I've ever seen that dynamic in like I think maybe Skillet. I think there is a fucking yeah, but yeah, they're married. Yeah, yeah, they're. I, I don't follow them as much, but in terms of like seeing that dynamic and really seeing it work on such a, a cool level, especially in this scene, right? It, mm-hmm. It's just so rare, and I love that. It, again, you guys are you know killing it, and that just even that dynamic, of the relationship just adds to it and makes everything even better and more enjoyable and. It's, it's just beautiful to see, man. Like I said, no one's doing it like you guys are and musically and in, in general. Like, y'all y'all are just good people. Like, I, you know, like, I mean, talking with you, I, <laughs> you know, I get that vibe. But even just, like, 
seeing Bill talk for like five seconds in an interview or seeing Courtney talk in an interview or even Zev. It's like, y'all are just yeah. good fucking people that love music. And that's my favorite thing. You know, it's just talking with cool people that like music and that that's what it's about. And obviously for you guys fucking working, you know, pizza delivery and cafe doing this, like, <laughs> let's make another bell. Like you guys must like you live and breathe this. Like it's in your fucking blood is, is music. Oh, dude. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's it's been a long time. You know, I met Courtney in two thousand eight, and both our local bands played together at a bookstore that was like three oh. blocks from where. We and um, yeah, I've, I've known her for a long time. And and as you said before, it's it's interesting that you say that. It's like you know, you guys are like married to each other, like as a band and stuff. Yeah. And like, you know, and and it's it's curious. It, it it it's also an example of like how it can go the other way, where like, you know. I think a lot of people a lot of people have forgotten about the pandemic and they're always wondering where zev is in the photos and stuff and it's kind of just like you know like there's no conspiracy here he's not in a cage i just hate to tell you <laughs> I, I, you heard it here first know. guys zev is not locked up in a cage he's not locked up in the spirit box <laughs> you know like he's, he's more than fine and I'm he's so very great. happy and it's it's a situation where you know a lot of people don't know that you do most of your photos at one point during the year and unfortunately yeah. he wasn't in the band when that happened so we weren't going to put him in the photos and also there was a pandemic and a travel ban so it wasn't possible and yeah it's like it, it can turn on you where some people really go that route and they start to think about like well you're mistreating your guy or whatever you know what i mean and it's it's an interesting dynamic for sure but you're 100 percent correct that you know like everybody is super like involved is yeah. is just like like this and and we're all we're all in it, you know, for the long haul because it's just all we know, you know, and it's been a long time. So I hope that things can continue and I hope that, you know, people will enjoy the new stuff and we'll continue to enjoy Eternal Blue or hate it. I don't even care. You know, it doesn't matter. <laughs> just but, listen uh, to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Form your own opinion, you know, like yeah. just, just listen. <laughs> Dude, I, I love that like again man like the album huge congrats again just building that up it's again even the story is super inspirational you know man like that that's that's something i love to see and like honestly like you know i got your like fucking me and all my community whatever i can do like we got your fucking back because you guys are are doing something so special and legendary and man just just thank you for being decent humans that actually make good music <laughs> that's basically <laughs> what i'm saying you know dude i mean man we we owe a lot to you no no like, no dude i'm just, I just do the faces no, 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 no. i do the faces on the videos bro it's not, no, 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 no. no no dude you don't you 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 have done a lot for us it's like what i was saying on the phone a long time ago when we were trying to set this up and i was like shit like i i just don't think i can make it work i feel so bad because genuinely like i just anything that you guys that that, that you're that you you know, we'll have a stew or anything like that. Like, man, we, we appreciate you to no end. And as the same from us, we, we have your back and, uh, just thank you for everything. Dude, honestly, honestly, it, it, <laughs> fucking, I, like I said, I got y'all till y'all fucking turn into AI one day and write music 10 years. Tie it all together. Let's do it. I do have one last question for you that I have to ask everyone. How yeah. low will we go with tuning? When is it going <laughs> to stop? Mike, when? Sky's the limit, dude. Sky, sky's the limit. Sky's the limit. It, there, there's, it, can, sky's the limit. No, you can, give me a letter. Give me a letter followed by a number. Is it A0? Is it G0? Like, how low can we go before it's just literally can't be done? It's done. Just, guitars won't go lower than that. Q. <laughs> 
Perfect right there. Can we get some claps for my dude? A Mike Stringer of Spirit Box. What a gem of a dude. What I just realized, though, I shouldn't have said Q because now everyone's going to think that I'm a QAnon guy. So, uh... Mike Spirit Box of Spirit... <laughs> <Mike> Spe <laughs> Stringer of Spirit Box. Guys, can we get some claps for my dude again, dude? Thank you so much. I'm so glad we could finally get together and do this. It's been a gem getting to know you a little bit more and dive into Spirit Box and seeing the whole process. And, and huge fucking inspirational, man, honestly. Like I said, I hope people that watch this also get inspired, whatever, with their bands or music. And guys, I don't need to say it. I said it like 50,000 times when I reacted to the whole fucking album. Buy the new album and support the, the, the fam, okay? So support them, show them the love. Like, what else can I say, man? Yeah, and also on Monday, we might have a fun video coming together. So side note with that, there you go. We just might, we yeah. Just might. Uh, Mike, my dude, any last second sentences or words for everyone still here after li watch, listening to me be cringe for uh, an hour and a bit? You know, this is this is the time when I, I would just love to have memorized what you say at the beginning of your videos and just <laughs> say it as best you can. So I'll do that right now. <laughs> you got it. You got it. Perfect. Again, everybody, Mike Stringer. Mike, thank you so much, brother. Best of luck with everything and best wishes and much love for everything, man. I'm stoked to do hopefully more stuff with you guys in the future. And yeah, man, we fucking love you and thank you for being fucking awesome that's it man thank you, man. appreciate it we'll see you soon time bro see you have a good one